Shapeshifters. Tonight's Shapeshifter always wanted to be a sports reporter, and as you heard just a moment ago, Chris Buerta could easily have done it. You did do some campus radio sports reporting in your time, though. You did realize that lifelong ambition. Oh, absolutely. No, uh, sport was my, uh, still is to this day, is my absolute favorite, my huge passion. Uh, so when I was at, uh, when I was at university, uh, to make a couple of extra bucks, so I worked at the campus radio station and uh, ra- ran the sports show there. But, uh, you know, the, the, the beautiful thing about campus radio is that you end up doing sport in an environment that that people don't want to go to. So the famous uh, Northern Free State rugby team, the Purple People Eaters, right? They're, they're now known as the Griffins, right? <laughs> no, you could never get a journalist to go to Valcom to go watch the Purple People Eaters. But you were only too eager. So, of course, uh, you know, you're a student. So I'll pay for my own petrol. I'll pay for everything myself. And I used to drive to Valcom and go sit there. And then I have to write a, write a report and phone into the Super Sports Studios and basically read my report over the phone. They would type it up. And the next day, my name would appear on the Supersport website. So as, as a student, that was like my You'd, absolute highlight. I, I would have paid them money <laughs> to drive to Valcom and go sit and watch them. Don't ever admit that. Never, ever. Don't ever admit that. No, you don't ever, not in media, because nobody knows how much fun we really do have. But the media bug did bite quite early. You, you grew up in Fontaine. Um, did you go to Grey? No, no, no. It's, it's always the first question I get mm-hmm. from people here. I went to Bloemfontein. And I think I'm the one boy in Bloemfontein that didn't go to Grey College. Where did you go? Uh, I went to a school called Fichart Park School. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I spent four years of my life in Bloemfontein at the other school that nobody ever knows about because Glenn Agliotti and Brett Kebble went there. Much older than me, by the way. Uh-huh. Much uh-huh. older. Of course. Um, I hardly remember them, <laughs> which is St. Andrews in Bloemfontein. But Fichart Park wasn't on the radar. No. Uh, Fichart Park was uh, is in the, in the south of Bloemfontein, a little Afrikaans school there. Uh, so I grew up there, uh, went to school at, at Fichard Park, then went to university, uh, studied communications at university. At, L- at, at the University of the Free State? At the University of the Free State. Absolutely loved it. You know, uh, Isn't Jonathan Janssen the most incredible 21st century rector of a university? And what people forget is where the University of the Free State comes from. Yeah. Uh, very soon we forget the days of Reitzkammer uh, Wohnungs and, and, and the, the strife the university went through. Um, and literally... From when uh, Prof. Janssen took over, the university has absolutely changed remarkably. Uh, I was lucky enough to go back to the university last year and – uh, you know, upon arriving there to actually see a facility, and I think very often when you look back at a, at a facility, you look at it with a very romanticized view. Sure. I went back then, in all honesty, the University of Free State is now in a hundred times better condition than when it was when I was there. 20 odd years You're ago. talking about physically the structures or just uh, intellectually or socially? Both. All Both. Of that. In, in, in every single factor. Uh, the structures look amazing. The building that's been done there is amazing. Uh, the quality of lectures, the color, quality of the, re, uh, of, of the recourse is just absolutely amazing. So I think Prof. Janssen is doing a phenomenal job there. Um, which is good. And you always want your alma mater in safe hands, which is nice. Mm. You study communication with this idea of getting into journalism. But journalism proves quite hard to break into, um, your dad then throws down a challenge. Yes. Uh, yeah, my, my dad always said to me that uh, he said, because my dad worked for Pick and Pay. He was a, he was a hard-nosed retailer accountant, and he said to me, um, you don't, you're not going to get paid as a journalist. You're not going to make money. Uh, so, Boy, did he know the truth. <laughs> absolutely. Yes. No, no. Uh, to, this, to this day, I, 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 I thank my dad for that. And he, he then said to me, uh, he's going to um, – uh, we're going to buy the Sunday Times. 
Right, every Sunday we'd buy the Sunday Times. Uh, are you not, and the, uh, no, not like uh, Jeff Bezos, whose wife said, "Pick up a copy of the Washington Times, uh, Washington Post, on the way home." So he bought the newspaper, the business. Yes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, just bought a copy quite, of the, quite the opposite, Times. No, the, okay. the actual co- uh, printed copy of that report in the Sunday Times. And he said to me, "We're going to go through the career section, and if we go through the career section and we find a single career opportunity for a journalist in the Sunday Times careers." He would pay for me to go study whatever I wanted from a journalist perspective, and he'd help me pursue my career. Uh, well, I don't know whether my dad read the newspaper before he gave it to me, but uh, there suffi- was not not a job. Suffice to say, there wasn't a single job for a journalist in there, but there wasn't a, a job for an ad sales executive, Sunday Times ad sales executive, and I'll never forget. It said they paid twenty thousand rand a month, and I thought to myself. Wow, that is an incredible amount of money and it is. to uh, to work and it in, was. to uh, to work in advertising sales. We're looking uh, what? We're looking at uh, early 2000s here? No, 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 even no, no, probably about 1996, 97. Okay. So and, and I remember you're young you you're older than you look. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take that as a compliment. Uh, and, and I remember my dad saying to me that 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 uh, you know try and find this job for a journal and we went through it and he said, "Well, isn't advertising a bit like journalism in that it also requires a bit of creativity, you also get to write <laughs> A bit. And, uh, he was he was doing a proper sales job on me, but uh, to this day I thank my dad for that because I think it's a, a, a and as much as I love journalism, um, I think you get to entertain both parts of your brain. Uh, in, Advertising in sales is deceptively hard, though. I mean, you are you you've really got, and it's increasingly difficult as well. Media companies coming under a big amount of strain. Circulations, in particular, print media, are, are under a lot of pressure. As a sales executive, yeah. you've got to sell the upside of quality audiences. Yeah, and, yeah, of and all of that sort of stuff. No, advertising sales, you need you need hair on your teeth because you deal with so many different stakeholders, and you're basically representing a, a product that you've got very little control over. So if you are the salesperson for the Star newspaper, as an example, and the Star circulation declines by 20,000 readers uh, over, over a reading period, um, there's very little control that you as the ad salesperson has over that. So therefore, from your side, you can only try and build on your relationships, try and leverage uh, what you've got, try and build the quality of the audiences, as you rightly say. Uh, you know, the, So ad sales is, 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 is not an easy job at all. Um, and I mean, as, as, as a buyer of advertising space, I no, can but, tell you, but, no, but that's we're the, not the easiest customers to deal with. No, but that's the point. So you've got real trench warfare experience in terms of, you know, you've heard every story, you've told some of the stories, you've made up some of the yep, stories that yep, people tell yep, yep. In, uh, in the terms of trying to sell the bright side of yeah. the audience profile or whatever the case might be. So how long did you spend then at Times Media selling Sunday Times advertising? <laughs> Not a moment. No, I, uh, basically I was, I was very lucky when I, when I moved to Joburg. I, started work, uh, I studied at the AAA Advertising School um, and I toyed with the idea of going into advertising sales, but uh, was, I was picked up by a gentleman called Chris Eyre uh, at an agency called Publicis. And I worked for Publicis for a full uh, six months uh, and then left Publicis and started working at the media shop end of 99. Okay, and the media shop is an agency that places advertising. So um, Skip Washington will yeah. come to you and say, we've got a million rand to spend. Where should we best put our advertising? And you guys make that strategic – help them make that strategic Correct. Decision. So in, in, in essence, what we do is we buy a, a whole lot of media research, and we do a whole lot of media research of our own so that we at any given time can tell a uh, marketer or an organization uh, who's reading what newspaper, who's listening to what radio station. and What kind? 
kind of, of of alchemy do you use to figure that stuff out? Because people in media don't, you know, I mean, there is so much contentious because if the numbers are going your way, pff, these of researchers course. are brilliant. Of course. They go against you. These blooming idiots, don't they know how to do research? I mean, so what alchemy do you so, use so, to so divine that? That's, that? that's why eventually one has to draw one line in the sand and stick to one piece of research. So we're quite fortunate in South Africa that we've got the South African Advertising and Research Federation. Uh, and SAF. SAF, correct, yeah. yeah. And, and, and through SAF, we've, we've got uh, a research piece called AMPS, which stands for All Media Product Survey. And AMPS is the foremost piece of media research I would, and I would go as far as to say it's probably one of the foremost pieces of media research worldwide. What uh, makes it so good? In that it is independently managed currently uh, and that it is contributed to by all of the media owners. So all of the media owners in South Africa all contribute towards this one piece of research. So uh, Prime Media, so 702 and Highfeld would contribute towards the research, but so would Jacaranda and East Coast Radio and so would SABC 102 and so would the Star and the Belt. Does it almost not matter what the numbers say? Because all you, I suppose you can rely on is trends. Um, and so if, you, if, if, say, for example, the, the research tells you that radio station X has got 100,000 listeners and next month they're 200,000 and next month they're 50, you know there's a problem with the sample. Yeah. But if you know, there's a consistent growth or a consistent decline in any one of the brands, you, mm. you get a sense of what level of market share yeah. people have. Or is it a bit more specific? Uh, no, that, that, that's exactly right. Uh, um, we always say if you, as long as you can compare apples with apples and try and get some form of comparison. Uh, remember, AMPS in its in its own right is sits with a sample size of about twenty five thousand people, so it's a it's, it's a fairly sizable sample. But when you, especially when you look at smaller smaller media types like your sister station Cape Talk, uh, you will find those fluctuations where it'll go from seventy five to one hundred and twenty to one hundred and seventy down to Be- seventy five. Because a sample of two can actually have a significant statistical impact. Exactly yeah. right. Exactly right. Where we, however, uh, but those are the exception to the rule. Uh, where we look at those uh, at the information in far greater detail is when we look at the the bigger radio stations, the bigger print titles, out of home television, etc. Where we're starting to get real data now that that, that, that one can then start making uh, more informed decisions. Chris Porter is our shapeshifter this evening, born, bred in Bloemfontein, and for fun he went to Velcom to do sports reports, made his name on Supersport, uh, and then uh, looked at advertising sales, but went into the advertising industry instead, and has ended up since nineteen ninety working at the media shop. When did you take over running the media shop? Because you're a managing director. Mm-hmm. Correct. Media yeah. shop. Uh, well, I took over as uh, the, the Santon MD. So we've got offices in Santon, Cape Town, and Durban. Uh, I took over as the Santon MD in 2010. Um, and then in 2011, I took over the, the, the total operation. Aren't you very young to be the MD of probably the most influential media buying organization in the country? Some might say that. I mean, when I took over, I was 33, 34 years old. Um, but in the advertising world, that's over the hill. No, ex- but in the media, my, my point, my point yeah. exactly. I think oh. in, in, in the advertising industry, it is it is par. Um, but I think mm. I, I was very very privileged when I started working at the media shop. Uh, my mentor was a gentleman called Harry Herber, who in Harry my Herber's p- famous. Harry yeah. Herber is like, in my opinion, the god of media. I, 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 I love the man so much, and I admire him so much. I, I owe everything that I have to him when it comes to advertising. And when Harry jo- when Harry appointed me, he said to me, listen, uh, after a couple of years of working with him, he said to me, listen, I want you, we're going to make you associate media director. And then two years later, we're going to appoint you to the board. And then two years later, we look at, uh, at making you MD of the Santon operation. And he said that to me in 2004. So he laid out a path for me very, very early on in my career. And I think that's something that was so critically important to me that 
I gave a commitment to the company that I'm not going to go job hop. From his side, he said, if you do your best and if you sit with me all the time, uh, you will go somewhere. And I think having a great mentor in an organization means so much that you can go sit with someone and learn about the business of advertising uh, literally from a day-to-day basis. But it, it's so important. And is it something that you've carried through as well when looks at some of the great traditions in South African companies? Some have changed and they, they will mm. always change. But Anglo-American always had the idea of having been the chairman's secretary. Yes. Um, and they would have the next bright young thing, the potential heir apparent, one of the future heirs apparent, would become the personal secretary. I think first round, Paul Harris mm. did it at first round, yeah. um, where um, Michael Jordan, I think, um, was mm. learned on uh, learned at his heels. Um, um, Grant Patterson, I mentioned him earlier, mm. going to the electricity business now, but was Mark Lamberti's assistant um, right. at, at Massmart. And it's that thing where you've been chosen, it's yours to lose, mm. there are no guarantees, yep. you can mess this up yep. and in such an intimate mm. space with the person who holds your future and your future in their hands mm. that's quite stressful absolutely uh, i read a quote the other day that's uh, we've got a roughly transcribed as uh when once you reach the top level it's your responsibility to send the lift back down again mm. and i firmly believe in that uh so i firmly believe that you should then spend time with 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 everybody else as well and give everybody else the opportunity to to have what what you were lucky enough to have mm. um so i was very very privileged you know, harry would sit with me on a monthly basis and we'd go through the company's financial statements and he'd explain to me why you're seeing a spike in revenue why you're seeing a spike in cost uh, what what does the business of advertising have to do with you know what does the impact of a client have uh, so it, it was a lot of that discussion that made my job a lot easier and now i think we because i'm young i think it's easier for me to understand how other young people feel. But so, there's that, and there's also a revolution in media, an unprecedented revolution in media in the last hundred years, and that is digital content, the man. internet, mobile devices. Content has been delivered differently, mm. and so is advertising. Absolutely. So, so I mean, I've, I'm now 38 years old, so uh, the, the, the real digital world in South Africa probably started 10 years ago. There's a lot of the young guys who work for us at the media shop now basically grew up, let's call them uh, digital natives. They don't uh, remember the world without a thing called the internet. Absolutely. Yeah. So, so, so from a marketing perspective, it's incredibly important for us uh, to keep those guys close and to build them up because they it's not even that they're the future of the industry, they're the reality of the industry right now. So it's incredibly important for, 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 for young guys to be brought through in, into the business right now and, and to be given a platform at a very, very young age. Um, to grow, but still understanding the fundamentals of business. The fundamentals don't change, but the nature of the advertising business yeah. is changed forever, right? Absolutely. Did the, 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 the digital world as it stands right now, and I think in South Africa it's still, for now, a relatively small portion of advertising uh, of, of advertising revenue. But what it's brought about has just changed everything. I was listening to your discussion earlier on a, uh, about Taylor Swift. Yeah. Uh, I was listening, uh, and, and if, if you go look at it, we had a, uh, I read a fascinating article today about uh, 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 a social network called Periscope. Yes. And basically what Periscope is doing is, is doing with television viewing. So um, with the Manny Pacquiao Floyd Mayweather fight, some, a Periscope, what Periscope is, is basically a social network. You, you, hold up your, you hold up your cell phone, you film it, and you stream it live. Basically. Yeah. So the Pacquiao Mayweather fight, one guy paid $99 for the for, for the pay-per-view, and then held up his cell phone and had hundreds of thousands of people go onto Periscope and watch it. Uh, How does one ch- handle that dynamic? But that's a subject for another day. Chris Butter, tonight's shapeshifter. He's managing director at a very young age of the media shop. Tonight's shapeshifter, Chris Butter.